Welcome to the Dirty Slides Podcast. I am your host, Joe Prano, coming to you live from the Creation Farm in Bridgehampton, New York, with my guest co-host for the evening, Mr. Pete Sestaro. Hello. Pete, how are you? I wanted to do like a farm league joke, but I couldn't think of one. Why a farm league joke? Creation Farm. Creation Farm, yeah. Farm League. Creation Farm League. Uh, we are here on the on the deck of your Bridgehampton abode. Uh, the the listeners of the Dirty Slides podcast will hear cars going along Montauk Highway in the background. I thought it would be nice to get out and do the podcast under the stars. Some crickets chirping in the background. It's a beautiful night. I think it's important for your listeners to know that Although we are on Montauk Highway, we're on the south side of the highway. We're south so of the highway. Anyone who anybody who knows the Hamptons, Hamptons knows south of the highway is the good side. It's the good side. And you're you're so significantly south of the highway that you can hear the cars coming <laughs> by. There goes one right now. Uh, Pete, this is your first appearance on the Dirty Slides podcast. Honored. You've been on uh, the Dirty Sports podcast many times. Several. Uh, this is also the first. Hamptons recording of of any of the Dirty Sports Podcast Network shows. This is true. Uh, I think it's important that we mention right out of the gate, we are sitting about 20 yards from the grounds of Bridgehampton High School where Carl Yastrzemski attended high school. Yes. Uh, For a long time, the last Triple Crown winner until Miguel Cabrera recently Unceremoniously, right? Unceremoniously. I feel like we didn't make a very big deal out of his triple crown. Out of Cabrera? Yeah. I think you're uh I think you are an adult now. Is that and what it is? Yeah. I f- I feel like that that happens a lot with sports. Um like just doesn't seem as big a deal, but also there's so much to ingest that I don't think it you know, it means as much to we I were don't kind think of anything. It means as much to anybody anymore. We were kind of having this discussion last night at the Mets game. How just nothing seems like it's a big deal anymore. Uh, also, you mentioned I knew I know Yaz went to uh, Bridgehampton High School, but you you also mentioned AJ Przinsky. That's a correct. Long time big league catcher. I think he, is he still in the league? I don't think so. I think he's been out of the league for a while. And I also I'm I not, don't think he's been out of the league for a while. No, no. I'm he, also not certain that he went there, but I'm pretty sure he did. But you, you thought some other big leaguer went there. Your 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 massive following will Google this. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it's definitely. I think it's presents. You know, this area is largely uh, historically Polish, so it would make sense. Yastrzemski, Przinsky. <laughs> You're seeing a theme. All here. the skis. A lot of skis. <laughs> yeah, downhill skis, <laughs> cross country skis, <laughs> the whole ski, the whole ski family. Um, I'm excited to have you on the show for multiple reasons. One, you are a former professional baseball player <laughs> yourself, as many of the dirty sports listeners know. Many of the dirt balls know, but new to probably many of the sliders, our new our new audience. I honestly feel like my brief and weak 
minor league baseball career, you have really given me a lot of. Uh, you've gotten a lot out of this career for I, me. I, I don't know if you noticed, but somebody found on BaseballReference.com your minor league stats or some portion of your minor league stats. Did you have? I know you played semi-pro baseball. You played or you played unaffiliated pro baseball, correct? Yes. I never played for an affiliate. So you I never played, played for an affiliate. Two, you know, on and off for two seasons in the independent leagues. The first one doesn't seem to have been recorded by Baseball Reference. I think it was around the time they were still using pen and paper. Right. But uh, and it was pretty brief my first year. But um, yeah, two seasons in the independent leagues. Now, is the independent leagues considered semi-professional baseball? No, no. It's kind of an it's kind of an insult to. Uh, I don't take offense to it. I'm a comedian. Nothing offends me. Right. But um, it's it's offensive to you to say semi-pro. Yeah, it's offensive because I was a professional. I was being paid to play. Right. Just like well, it, the reason I ask is what then is considered semi-pro baseball? I think semi. I don't know. I think semi-pro is like you're not being paid. Maybe they're covering your expenses to play for some like men's league. Okay. Uh, but it's very different than like playing professional baseball where. You know, at that level, you're essentially making the same as what the affiliated guys are making. You just don't have a bonus. Like, there's uh, the Long Island Ducks. They're out here on Long Island. They are a professional baseball team. That's yeah, an independent league team. Yeah, they do massive success. Yeah. By the way, our former roommate, Joe Cuervo, who that we do our mic check. Yeah. Check me, dig me, the dig me nation. Ray Navarrete, his best friend and, and business partner, more importantly. Yeah. Uh, long time Long Island Duck. I think was like an independent league. Like he legend. was like the Pete Rose of the independent league. Yeah, like legend. he played so long that he's got like hit records. Minus the gambling now, problem. Now, before we get more into your baseball career, your current baseball career, I do want to mention to anybody that's listening to this podcast that if you are listening to this podcast on the Dirty Sports feed, you're listening to this uh, because you are subscribed to the Dirty Sports Podcast and it keeps popping into your subscription. This podcast is about to end for you right now. It is going to end within seconds. This podcast is about to self-destruct. If you are listening to this podcast on the new Dirty Slides feed, which is available on iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher, this podcast will continue. But if you are listening to this, once again, on the Dirty Sports feed, this is about to end. We want everybody to go over to the new Dirty Slides only feed, rate, review, and subscribe to the new show. Uh, we we charted today. We were ranked 56th, I think, at our highest the point. The Lawrence Taylor of Sports Yeah, broadcast. the Lawrence Taylor on the charts. And uh, we, we charted today because so many... Dirt Balls and Sliders rated and reviewed and subscribed to this podcast, which if you're listening to this on our new feed, thank you very much for doing that. Thank you for, for subscribing. If you are listening to this on the Dirty Sports feed, you're going to want to go over and uh, subscribe to the new show because this episode on the Dirty Sports feed ends right now. That's it. They didn't even hear that. They didn't even hear you say that's it. The the sliders did though. The official sliders. They heard you say that's the it. The ones who are listening on the iTunes and whatever else you said. Yeah. There. Yeah. iTunes, Stitcher. And if you're listening, if you did subscribe or if you did, you know, you did find the show and you haven't rated or reviewed yet, please do that. Those are super important. And uh we've had some fantastic 
Uh, we've had some fantastic reviews, Pete. I want to read one to you. Read because, one. Because uh, I don't know if you know, but it's called Dirty Slides. Uh, <laughs> not just because it's a DS, just like Dirty Sports, but in honor of the horrible slide that Chase Utley um, murdered Ruben Tejada with uh, a few years ago. So a lot of people have been mentioning Chase Utley uh, in their in their uh, reviews. This one said, solid baseball podcast, five stars. Chase Utley is the worst human being to walk the earth. He is so vile that Hitler himself wouldn't accept him despite his master race attributes. His goals are to cripple democracy as well as second baseman turning routine double plays. He enjoys world hunger and prays for droughts. He eats pizza with a fork and a knife. When you go on a road trip with Chase Utley, he insists that he follows you, but he doesn't have an easy pass. <laughs> he impregnates women and leaves them while being pro-life. Dirty Slides is dope. Give it a listen. Listen, that is from Effin Tool. So Pre- pretty good review. That's a pretty good review. My favorite part is that he follows you on a road trip and doesn't have an easy pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Classic. So uh, your baseball career uh, had a had a long pause in the middle. You. Uh, had played professional baseball, not semi-pro. That's right. And uh, then you retired from baseball, and now you have returned to the game. That's... You have you have uh, taken a job that I once held as the head counselor of the Hamptons baseball camp. You're a, a long line of greats, including <laughs> yours truly. Do they still talk about me at camp? They do. Yeah, you get a lot of airtime at camp. How? Uh, how is it? How's it coaching baseball at at Hamptons baseball camp specifically? Uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's at times it's the way it, uh, it's described is it's anywhere between organized Sandlot and the Arizona Fall League, <laughs> and I think that's a pretty apt description because some days I feel like I'm babysitting children, and other days I feel like I'm teaching young men how to play baseball. So, if you had to. Think about one thing that you really like. Wh- like, I can only give these kids one piece of baseball advice. What What's the one piece of advice that you're giving them? Like, guys, if you take one thing away from Coach Pete, do they call you Coach Pete? They do. Yeah, those who know my name call you Coach Pete. Yeah, you're not co- you're not Coach Chestaro. Yeah, I'll, some of these kids don't even take the time to, to learn your name though. Yeah. Uh, if I could take one thing, fuck, I don't know. Uh. Let me let's get back to that. I'll think about that while while we're you know what's amazing. Uh I visited camp today. Mm-hmm. I, I dropped you off at work. And uh you really will have an effect on these kids' lives. They will remember you for a long time. That excites me. Long after you will remember them. Right. You Certainly. Think? Well, I showed up at camp today and one of your counselors I introduced myself to your counselors and one of the kids, Hugh said, you actually coached me when I was a, a camper here. And I was like, sorry, I don't remember. What's your name? He said, Hugh. <laughs> and I said, oh, I mean, y- you know, he's probably changed more significantly than I have. And he said, uh, he said, yeah, back in the day, you got me really into streak the cash. And I literally could not, re- I had no idea what streak the cash was. Yeah, he mentioned this at lunch today. He mentioned you got him involved in some type of gambling. Well, it wasn't gambling, <laughs> but I, I Googled it after. Right. 
to fig- to figure out what it was because I was like, what the fuck was streak the cash and why was I getting these kids into it? And it was I don't know if it's still a thing, but it was a thing on ESPN where all you had to do is pick winners of games, right? And it sounds a lot like gambling, but there was no money involved. Oh, okay. So it's just a free entry, and uh, and you go on, you would go on ESPN, and you just had to pick winners. That's it. And it was there was like a time frame. It was like the week, and in that week, whoever could pick the most winners without getting one wrong would streak the cash, would win the the total prize, which was you know provided by probably ESPN ad sponsors. Um, so there was no you weren't actually gambling any money. You could only win money. It still sounds a lot like gambling, <laughs> right? But uh, what I remember is. You didn't have to pick a game, right? So if you were sure, right. you could uh, try to pick. You could only pick sure things, and you'd get like six games, right? Uh-huh. But the winner would get like 30 games, right, in the week. So they'd just keep picking. they pick soccer. they pick <laughs> tennis. they just keep streaking the cash. And uh, this kid was like, yeah, you got me really into streak the cash. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> that kid, by the way, is about to go to Duke. Yeah. Yeah. He learned a lot about math. He learned a lot about uh, odds and gambling, maybe. I love Duke. I love Duke. Um, Good kid, though, and you're right. He did remember you, and you didn't remember him. So maybe the, one day these kids will remember me, and I won't, will not remember them. Yeah. Um, so you're enjoying it? I am, yeah. I'm. Any dudes in camp? Are there any, are any, are there any young, budding dudes? Yeah, for sure. There's some dudes there. Uh, it's cool. Like, you know, some of these kids, you're teaching them to play baseball, and that's exciting. But, like, it sounds lame. But, like uh, like you said, you're having an impact on their lives, and I feel like I'm helping, like, their self-esteem. And it feels good. Uh, any celebs kids in camp? Not yet. Currently. No, but it, as you know, there historically it's, there have been. Yeah, it's still not peak summer. Were you there when Matt Lauer's kid was in camp? I was. You were, I've told the story many times uh, on, the, on the podcast, I believe. Oh, you have. Matt Lauer would stiff us for like five bucks every day. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Richard Gere's kid? Richard Gere's kid. I've told that story, too, about Eddie. I'm sure you've heard the story about Eddie. I've heard all Eddie's the, stories. The, the Richard Gere. I tell the best Richard Gere Eddie story. I don't even know if Eddie remembers it, but... Uh, Richard Gere's kid shows up late one day with his two buddies, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the the three of them have to play together. They have to. And I know if I add these three to one team, there's going to be a meltdown. Like if suddenly one team has to bat 12 kids and the other team has to bat nine, right? the nine kids that just had to take on three randos is going to have a, have a total breakdown. So I tell Eddie this, and I'm like, look, I got... 15 minutes before we go on break. Keep these kids busy for 15 minutes and I will go I'll go to break early and then when we come back for the afternoon, I'll jumble up the teams. I'll put these three kids together. I'll make a new team so that we we play an even squad game. So, I give them to Eddie and he's like, "Yeah, come out here. We'll take some take some batting practice." He takes them beyond the fence and he's giving them just like a three-man wiffle ball batting practice. Richard Gear follows them out to the general area, sits down on the grass 20 yards from Eddie. And you'll see this summer if it happens, but Eddie really likes to put on a big dog and pony show oh, when, the celebs, it, yeah, when yeah. the celebs are out. So he's really like 
working hard to to like gesticulating. Yeah, yeah, big big show of the batting practice. All right, he loves and, to do that, and I think he's going. I can do this for three minutes, and then you know, Giro will probably He'll leave take off, leave yeah. and go get a green tea somewhere. He's a big or whatever. star, yeah. Gear sits twenty feet from him, sits down on the grass, Indian style, and just bears down on them. He's sunglasses on, and he's just staring like at them. And so Eddie, I and I see Eddie starting sweat. Eddie's getting very nervous. It's breaking Eddie's, him. Yeah, it's breaking Eddie. So finally, Eddie gives me a hand signal that like we have to wrap this up. We're going to break extra early. He's got to get out of this. We're going to have a quick water break, and then we'll come back with new teams. So I break it down, and uh, all right, everybody to break. The kids run off the field. Eddie goes, all right, you go, go, go join those kids, and starts walking away. And Eddie starts kind of jogging over, uh, and gear doesn't move. And we've figured out <laughs> – I, I then figure out that he's in some sort of – Buddhist trance, and he's like facing west or whatever. You know, he's, he's not doing, even paying attention. He's doing, his eyes are closed, probably right. under there. He's in some sort of sun salutation, uh, transcendental meditation, or situation. he's just sleeping. Yeah, but he's sitting like Indian style, right. bearing down, and he doesn't budge a fucking inch. So not only was he not bearing down on Eddie, he's not even he's not even conscious. He's no. in some sort of other. He's breathing out of his third eye. Yeah, and. uh it's hilarious, and yeah, and Lauer would stiff us for a couple bucks every day. Yeah, Eddie seems to have an ongoing riff with Lauer that hasn't been resolved. But yeah, we haven't any celebrities yet. Um, soon. All right, well, let's do this, Pete. We've gotten through some of uh, some some of our our personal baseball talk. Let's take a quick look around Major League Baseball. Um, we haven't actually talked in in the few days we've been hanging out too much about baseball, other than. The Mets game last night, which we went to, watched them lose. They uh, they lost their seventh straight last night. They they won today, uh, but we have a rule on the podcast: we don't really talk too much about any team that's under five hundred. Oh, okay. So that'll be my that'll be my Mets. Um, you know, the Mets get talked about a little bit. Andy Laz, my co-host, is a San Francisco Giants fan. Pete, you are a New York Yankees fan. Yeah, I might embarrass myself though with how little I pay attention, but I yeah, I'm a Yankee fan historically. Let's start with your AL East then. The New York Yankees are a half game up on the Boston Red Sox for the lead in the AL East. They are 52 and 25. Boston right behind them at 53 and 27. So, more wins, but they've played a couple, they've played three more games and so the uh winning percentage is lower. They they trail by a half game and then you got Tampa Bay 14 back, Toronto 16 back, and Baltimore bringing up the rear with only 23 wins heading into July. They are 29 and a half games back. You, it's a lot of games back. Yeah. You are currently living between Costa Rica and here in Bridgehampton. Mm-hmm. How much Yankee baseball do you get to watch? Uh, Not a ton. I feel like I watch more when I'm home here. And I consider this home, Bridgehampton. Um, you know, it's the sound of summer. I turn it on in the background. I pay attention a little bit. Uh, I tend to watch Sunday night baseball probably more than anything. Um, but I'm aware, you know. There's an ongoing argument at camp last week about the pronunciation of Glaber Torres' name. Is it Gleiber or Glaber? Like 90% of the camp said it was Glaber, but this one kid was really digging his heels in and saying it was Gleiber. 
It's Glaber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like one of those things too where it's like I don't know how his name's properly pronounced, but right. it's now Glaber. Like but more importantly, impressive player. Yeah. Young, but like still has tons of discipline. Uh they have a lot of good young guys on the team. Do you are you confident in this Yankees team for World Series potential without a big move? Uh, without without adding a pitcher? The talk I think they probably need to add a pitcher, but they, I'm basing this more on like what I've heard than what I've seen. Yeah. But my understanding is they need to add a pitcher. The talk the here team in, though is strong. Like yeah. the the uh you know, the offense and defense is really good. The talk here in New York is a lot about would the the Mets dare trade DeGrom to the Yankees? And DeGrom is has been essentially the best pitcher in baseball all year despite having five wins or whatever it is because the Mets fucking stink. Um, and the the other sort of ongoing talk, although... Uh, is Cashman still a man? Yes. Yeah. Although Cashman has sort of put the poo-poo on it, was the Mets would want Glaber in in exchange for DeGrom. As a Yankee fan, how does that... How does a move like that sound to you, just right out, right out of the gate? I would. I think I would have to make that move. Yeah, you'd have to make that. Yeah, move. I mean, t- you're talking about one of the best pitchers, if not the best pitcher in the game, and pitching is more important than defense. Yeah, I would definitely make that move. Wouldn't you? If I were the Yankees, yeah, yeah. I mean, Cashman has sort of said people love him, and this kid's the future, and. Labor. Uh, yeah, and I'll have to be the one that talks to the fans. But the we future all... is in right field. Right. That guy. It's unbelievable how many kids come to camp. The dad could have a Mets hat on, and the kid is a Yankee fan, and it's all Judge. Every yeah. kid at camp is an Aaron Judge fan. His value, you, I, I make an argument, you could pay the guy $100 million a year. I mean, he's turning... Mets fans and the Yankee fans selling a shit ton of jerseys, all the ad money that goes into watching the Yankees because they just want to see Aaron Judge. He's racially ambiguous. He's larger than life. He gets a you know a ton of home runs. His value is unbelievable, and that's enough. You know, go get Degrom. Yeah, I think. I I right? agree. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I I in I in a way want. And I've said this on the show. I want Degrom to be traded because I want Degrom to be freed, to be freed from the 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 life of horribleness that I have had to live with, which is being a Mets fan, or even worse, being a Met. Wow, Ugh. that's but, very generous of you. That's right. like. But I also want. I also don't want him to leave because I want to watch him. I I think he's a fantastic player and i want to watch him pitch all the time and i certainly don't want to watch him go to the fucking yankees why would you ever get rid of him i don't understand because we fucking stink right but why get rid of him the only way to get better is to add more good players not to get rid of the only good ones you have i I agree with you i think the the question of trading to ground the way i see it is this to by the way we're talking about the mets yeah who are under well, we're, ta- we're talking about, and we're, I'm gonna, I want to come names. back to the yeah, Yankees yeah. too in a second. But uh, what I do think about baseball is, you need two studs in your starting rotation to win a World Series. That's what I think. These I think days, you're probably right. Yeah, you need two of them. 
Um, At least. Th- things happen. You know, the Cubs a couple years ago, they didn't have two studs per se, but that's the year the fucking Mets lost everybody. That's the year, you know, like they, that was a, a perfect storm of lost things. Lost everybody to injury. Yeah, to yeah. injury. The year after sweeping them right. in, in the playoffs. Um, but I think you need two studs. The Mets have Syndergaard and DeGrom. So you're going to trade them. You're going to trade one of them and build a team around some young talent. And then what? Then you have to go out and find one. You have to go out and find another stud of one. Of course. Day. And yeah. where do you, you – ace pitchers don't grow on no, trees. No, no. You can't get rid of any of those guys. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Try to build around them. Now, here's the other one I I threw out there as a, a trade, a potential trade candidate for DeGrom. And, I, and tell me which team you, you don't think does this. Dodgers trade the injured Corey Seager, who's their future at shortstop, and a and an MVP candidate the last few years, to the Mets with prospects for DeGrom and Asdrubal Cabrera. Not an easy name to say. Yeah, the ass man. Uh, I still probably do that deal if I'm the if Dodgers. If the Dodgers. Yeah. I mean, Seager's out for the whole year. With uh, you know, he had Tommy John, so they're playing without him this year anyway. It's crazy how shortstops are not having Tommy John surgery. Yeah. there was a thing on NPR the other day about uh, well, a couple things I heard on NPR. By the way, I don't have Sirius anymore, so I listen to NPR all the time. Apparently, they have like some sports show on weekend mornings, but um, they talked about how like Tommy John is becoming an epidemic. And how young, ki- like twelve-year-old kids, are having Tommy John surgery, but in droves. And how the guy who invented the surgery is like he regrets it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's but people look at it as it's in a sick way. Like parents want their kids to have Tommy John surgery because they think it'll make them a better player and get it out of the way. Also, like you, you might have to have this eventually, right? But it's not about getting it out of the way. It's like, right. oh, this will make my kid better. Isn't that fucked up? It is f- incredibly. Yeah. You shouldn't obviously not put your child that doesn't need a surgery under the knife. <laughs> no. That's, that seems reckless. Yeah. That goes for you too, Kardashian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, as a as a Mets fan and sort of a, I've become a Dodger hater at this point because of Chase Utley, but, and their fans are kind of fucking. Yeah. Besides the Mexican fans, I think their, their fan base is pretty shit. Um, I would do that move. You would, yeah. Give a, a shortstop with Tommy John and a couple prospects. Yeah, no question, right? For Astruble, they're they're sort of talking about trading for Manny Machado to have him fill in a shortstop at this point. Anyway, so if you're going to go ahead and trade for a shortstop as a rental, why not trade for a shortstop as a rental that you could potentially resign? Uh, Seager is great. I understand that they are building a future out of him, but you could win with Degrom now, right? Kershaw Degrom. Yeah. What what's the pairing in baseball that's got a that's better th- going into the playoffs than Kershaw DeGrom? That's uh reminiscent of Randy Johnson and who's the semi racist Kurt uh, Schilling. There you go. Yeah. Kurt Schilling. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. By the way, I love Manny Machado. That guy so is smooth. Beautiful player to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so let's double back to the Yankees really quick. My fear with your Yankees and, and maybe me being a Yankee hater. Um, I don't know how much you're into launch angle and and all the the sort of new baseball <laughs> stats and yeah. and uh, 
you know, there's the idea that batting average doesn't mean anything anymore. Right. O- o- only on base percentage and on base plus slugging and all that. Um, Yankees, Judge, Stanton, Sanchez, who just got hurt, um, amongst other people, big swinging, heavy strikeout guys. Mm-hmm. To me, uh, a recipe for seasonal success but maybe not a recipe for postseason success when you're not basically ever facing a fourth starter or a fifth starter. In some series, you might not face a third starter twice. These are very good points. This and again goes back to the Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling. Like those Yankees really struggled against those guys and struck out a lot and ultimately didn't win the series. Uh, it's a good point. How big of a launch angle guy am I? I don't. I don't know. Like I. We talked about this the other day, but Ted Williams was talking about Launch Angle indirectly years ago about how he <clears throat> just tried to swing, you know, catch the ball a little bit on the upswing because he was trying to match the angle of the pitch coming in. That's kind of where I am with Launch Angle. Like, yeah. I, I just think logically, yeah, that makes sense. But for me and someone who's teaching baseball, I think if you try and swing up on the ball, even a little bit, it's there's a, such a tendency to drop the bat head and that can really fuck you up and not transfer your weight to your front side. Uh, also, theoretically, for the ball to go up, you want to hit the bottom of it. So if you want to hit the bottom of a ball, you would swing down at it. If you want to... Right? If you want to hit a ball up in the air, if you want to hit a homer, yeah. you want to hit the bottom of half of the ball. Right. If you want to hit the bottom half of the ball... You want to swing your bat down toward the bottom of half of the of the ball, or you could. I mean, I play softball now too, right? And you, if you're literally looking at the bottom of the ball, you might want to swing up at it. You could be tempted to do that, but uh, softball's drop is coming from right. high down to low, whereas right. a baseball, it is obviously starting a pitcher's hand height and coming down, but at a much. It's all happening so fucking fast, right? You know, I'm probably more. Phil Jackson than anything when it comes to this where I and I tell these kids all the time you know when you're on deck I want you to use your imagination uh, I'll be like who likes to use their imagination and the kids raise their hand I'll be like alright when you're on deck I want you to use your imagination and imagine yourself getting the perfect hit you know whatever that is for you um, and I believe I really believe this if you like imagine where you want the ball to go and focus on where you want the ball to go, your body has a way of kind of assembling itself to make that happen. So don't worry too much about your launch angle and that stuff. Just, it's hard enough to hit a, a baseball. Yeah. <laughs> a guy throwing really hard with a good break and stuff. Just try and drive the ball into the gaps, and I think you'll be uh, successful. The old saying goes, those who can't do teach. <laughs> Is there something about your playing days that you said, I didn't do this, and I wish somebody had told me, and so I'm telling these kids to do it? I'm so glad you asked this question. Yes, for and sure. And what is that? Steroids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, steroids. I Did, HGH? Well, I don't know if HGH was around back then, but I grew up in the heart of the steroid era. Yeah. And I was afraid. I'm a coward. I was afraid to do steroids. I thought they might make me sick or something. Turns out they just make you rich. Yeah. <laughs> and I wish I had done them, but I didn't. Um, I don't have very good uh, depth perception. It's a bit of a miracle. I think we've talked about this on one of your 11 podcasts. Yeah. But I don't have very good depth perception. And that was definitely uh, a 
problem. So you're telling these kids, have depth perception. Yeah. I, take steroids. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if yeah. you can, have good depth perception and take steroids. If you can. <laughs> yeah. I, I even wonder if, if steroids would have made my uh, vision better. Because people have made those arguments. How do you think you would have been able to play full professional baseball had you taken <laughs> i always said no to this but maybe the distance has made me uh think differently but now i'm starting to wonder maybe i could have maybe if i had done steroids i could have made it to the big leagues i don't know you still play a lot of softball yeah uh have you ever thought about playing men's league baseball no because i don't have very good depth perception <laughs> you, you softball's a giant ball that moves slowly yeah. i can that i can i can Get a hold my, of that. My thing for kids was always hit the ball the other way. Uh, let the ball travel. Let the ball get deep on you and hit the ball the other way. My coaches, like, yeah, some people told me that, but not in just as, not in, in as much of a blunt way. The, like, the let the ball get in on you so you can have more power. Like, the idea of don't go to the ball. Let the ball come to you. He's providing all the power. Yeah. I wish somebody had told me that. That's a, it's sort of more a more advanced baseball hitting technique but also like something i could comprehend at 10 guy right like fucking tell me a 10 you know my coach kind of this guy that i used to work out with growing up who went on to coach for years in the big leagues his name is gary tuck he was like the bullpen coach for the yankees and the red sox and a real lunatic by the way like certifiable um he told me once he pointed to right center field and he said See, he's like, look out there. He goes, there's a lot of money out there. <laughs> I'll never forget that. He's like, hit the ball that way, man. There's a lot of money out there. And he's just pointing out the right field. It's funny. I used to tell kids there's money up the middle. Because all you got to do, do is get it past the pitcher. Yeah. Up the middle, you clear the pitcher's man. That's only six feet away. It's it's free run to the center fielder then. You know, I mentioned the uh, NPR. Yeah. The other day, I might, literally on my way home from camp, I heard this... Uh, they were doing a segment on umpires and how psychotic parents are with umpires and all this. But uh, it's something I've been quoting to the kids. Apparently, and I didn't know this, maybe you do, or maybe one of your sliders does, but umpire, there's a Latin derivative that means not par, unpar is how you can trace back umpire to. And what's that literally supposed to mean is that they're not on the same level as the players. They're above the players. I tell the kids this all the time when they are above calls. the players. Yes. I say umpires are not your colleagues. You're not they're not to be questioned. They're not on par with you. They're above you. I didn't know that. I didn't I know. I didn't know that either. Yeah. How often is fix your life set at camp? Not as often as it was when you were there. Oh man. Yeah. It makes me sad. I I'm said, gonna start saying it more now. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I will. It's 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 a very useful, very extremely useful uh phrase to have. It it can be used for it's you know it's the utility man of phrases on the baseball Great field. Great analogy. You know the other thing I wanted to share with you was like the deck that we're sitting on. I, I, your listeners are not going to believe this, but I don't own this house in the Hamptons, south of the highway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> believe you, it or not, teaching baseball, youth camp. baseball coach slash surfer. Yeah, it's. By the way, if you want to be a really good surfer, you're probably not going to be really rich because in order to be really rich, you probably have to work really hard. And to be a really good surfer, you have to surf a lot, and the two don't coincide. Ding. But the house that we're, the deck of the house that we're sitting on right now is owned by a man named Fred Conklin, mm -hmm. who also went to that school, the Bridgehampton School, which I'm pointing at. Your listeners can't see this, but it's right. It's literally uh, a line drive away from here. And the 
his teammate in high school was Kari Strzemski. So he's Yaz's age. Wow. Fred tells a story. Fred doesn't tell any short stories. <laughs> Fred tells a long story about a perfect game that Yaz threw for the Bridgehampton Bees. And Fred caught a line drive, a diving catch in center field to save the, the perfect game. Wow. Of Kari Strzemski. Yeah. So this this residence yeah. is baseball ro- baseball royalty. Absolutely. Yeah. Um how about uh we'll, we'll go we'll go back around the league. Do you have you watched much um Red Sox baseball? That's obviously the Yankees fiercest rival in the AL. Is is there anything about either of those teams that you would think cuz they've been going back and forth, been trading back and forth a game here, a game there the whole year. If you had to pick one of those two teams, uh, to to advance, to or I should say to win the division because I think the, the team that wins the division obviously a better chance of advancing farther with yeah, that not that wacky wild two, card game. If I had to pick one of the two, I'd probably pick the Yankees, and not just because I'm a Yankee fan. I feel like I'm pretty objective. I don't base this on a ton, but the thing I'll say about the Red Sox is I've always fancied myself to be a bit of a scout. Like I could tell, I felt like I could anyway. Like guys on my team. Or guys. With my lack of depth perception, if I can see you're fast, <laughs> well, you're you're fast. Well, I don't know if you you're fast, this, guy. <laughs> but the way depth perception works is like if mine anyway. If I can sit there and watch something long enough, like the yeah. way I, it was tested, the doctor showed me a book, and he'd be like, "Which picture sticks out the most?" And for most humans, immediately they'd be like, "Ah, oh, this bird does." But for me, I have to look at it for like thirty seconds, and then be like, "This bird does." And usually, I'm right. So if I'm sitting in a, in a, a static environment in the bleachers watching Vladimir Guerrero play yeah. day after day, I could tell you that guy is going to be really good. And I did that. My roommate was on his team when he was like 16 years old. But um, I always felt like I had a good feel for who was <laughs> going to make it one day. Like I remember going to a Norfolk Tides game with my girlfriend Debbie at the time a million years ago, and they had a, a shortstop or second baseman who's now one of the broadcasters on the MLB network. Okay. Um, I forget. This is how old you are. Yeah, this is how old I he, am. He, I know. he made it. He retired. Yeah. He's a broadcaster. He's good, by the way. Italian guy. I can't remember his name. but um, I don't have cable. I me- Oh, you don't? No. I watch a lot of MLB Network. I love the instructional stuff they I do. I love the Montauk Highway. Some yeah. people go by so fast, I actually feel like people are going to hear it on the podcast. Uh, we're south of the highway. Yeah. Um, but my point is, D- who's the left fielder for them? D. Benedetti? or Yeah. When I saw that guy, first he was called up a couple years ago. I was like, this guy is going to be good one day. And I don't think he's actually as good as I thought he was going to be, but I think he's a really good player. I love his swing. You're also Italian, so I think you said that about <laughs> Rocco Baldelli. <laughs> is it, was it Rocco Baldelli? It was Rocco Baldelli. <laughs> but I did not say that about him. Was it Scarmucci? I thought Scarmucci and really Vlad Guerrero was definitely not <laughs> Italian. Not Russian either, by the way. Yeah. Uh, we go to the AL Central where the Cleveland Indians are now 43-34. and 34. They're seven and a half games up on the Minnesota Twins, who are six games under five hundred. followed by Detroit, eight and a half back, Chicago White Sox, 17 back, and Kansas City, 20 back. We can pretty much keep this uh, fast because only one team in the division is over five hundred. Cleveland, safe to say, wins that division. Uh, they've won it the last few years. They... Uh, have Francona. They still have a lot of the players that took them to a World Series. To Where they lost to Chicago. Yeah. That in, was the last time I did stand-up comedy, by the way, was in L.A. That night. 
Yeah. Right? We were watching that. I remember. Yes. We were watching that at I a bar. I was sitting at a bar with a girl you were dating at the time, who you're not dating anymore, right. while you were doing your set. And she was from... Chicago. Chicago. But she was a White Sox fan. But she was a White Sox fan. hated the Cubs. Fan. So oh, she was okay. rooting for Cleveland. Yeah, because I wanted to say she was rooting for Cleveland. She was. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's the last time Cleveland was in the World Series. Yeah. yeah. Last year, they they obviously had let the Yankees come back on them in the playoffs. And uh, but they but safe to say with Minnesota seven and a half back that that's their division. The AL West, my sexiest division in baseball, if you ask me. Uh, Texas Rangers are eighteen back, followed by the Los Angeles Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, who are in a tailspin. We're still spin. doing that, by the way. Yeah. We're still calling them that. I think so, or they might just be the LA Angels now. Um, but the LA Angels are in a tailspin, but they're still over 500. They're 41 and 39. Um, but they lost Shoei Otani uh, recently. Where is he? What happened? He, he got hurt. There was like a month where I just there's an there was an Instagram video of him taking batting practice, and I would just watch it over and over again. The the crack you could with volume on the crack of his bat was incredible. Yeah. That's something I do by the way. I love to watch Instagram videos of uh guys taking BP. Guys taking BP or like uh models. Or models. No, like uh like, <laughs> prospects. Uh, like hot women surfing and guys taking and Japanese guys taking BP. Yeah, and that's it. No, prospects. Like yeah. I love to watch high school and college prospects. Have you seen Vlad's son? I have. Yeah. That's one I watched over and over again as well. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, what a talent. Um, so now it becomes Trout Watch. Trout is doing things like just absurd things every day. He's passing Hall of Famers in career war on the daily. He's 26 years old. Um, Explain war to me, by the way. Wins above replacement player. I know what it stands for, but I don't understand it. So they base your play mm-hmm. uh, against player X. Player X would be random replacement version, the average replacement of you. So if you are responsible for this and then you were to get hurt and they were to replace you with baseball guy, Mm -hmm. you know, just across the board, everything is standard. This is how much you are above that player. I feel like of all the people I know, and I'm not just saying this, you would have benefited the most from this type of data when you were playing sports. Because all the arguments I've ever had with you about sports have been based on this kind of stuff. Like, if if I wasn't playing and there was some random guy playing, my team would win less games. I agree with you. You do, right? I do, yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, because there are certain things that are not calculated. <laughs> in, you know? Right. But but also, forget, forget that. I mean, baseball, they... they it is a calculation of your statistics and whatever, but there's also now they've taken that to the next level where they can say defensive runs saved, like over a replacement player. Like, right. So there's, there's this way of now taking every aspect of your game and comparing it to just a random player. Right. Whose average might be higher. Whose OPS might be higher. Whose whatever might, have might a be better higher. swing. Yeah. But all, everything's factored in, you know, Speed, hustle, defensive play, everything. And um, Mike Trout at 26. Is he only 26? He's 26 Jesus years old. Christ. And is 
is passing. So each year there's a wins above replacement for the year. Mm-hmm. And then there's a cumulative career war. He's passing Hall of Famers in career war. Wow. At 26. Like a half a dozen of them every week. And so, seems like a pretty nice guy, too. Yeah. Humble. South Jersey. And Andy Lazarus, my co-host who who hosted the podcast without me last week, did something that I'm not sure I'll ever forgive him for. He put out verbally into the world that the next move for Mike Trout may be the Philadelphia Phillies. Oh, my God. And that just makes me ill. Yeah. I can't. I hope that does not happen. I feel like Mike Trout, I, I say this a lot, not to the kids, but... I may have mentioned it once or twice to kids, but in a weird way, I feel kind of lucky that we got to see what would happen if Barry Bonds did steroids. Like, we got to experience that. The yeah. greatest, probably the greatest player in the game without steroids did steroids and just made a mockery of the game. But it was kind of cool to see. Like, he would literally just hit a home run or get walked. Yeah. Um, he would have hit 100 home runs. <laughs> yeah. He would have if they actually pitched him. Sure, 100%. I mean, he did a lot of steroids, yeah. and it was pretty cool to see. Um, but um, I feel like Mike Trout is like Mickey Mantle if he lived clean. Yes. Like, we're getting to see what the Mick would have been like if he actually took care of himself. And only hit right-handed. Did you see there's this uh, letter that's surfaced? You saw this? I did, yeah. In fact, I have it. I was, I, I've got that queued up for uh later in the show but i will i will pull it up later right. in this show yeah no you have a whole you don't have a whole thing going here yeah but we'll we'll pull it up right now because it is fantastic <laughs> is that i just saw it on instagram yeah um mickey mantle's outstanding event at yankee stadium is lewdly outstanding <laughs> Uh, from letters of note comes this noteworthy correspondence exchange between the New York Yankees and retired Mickey Mantle in December of 1972. The team sent a two-statement fill-in-the-blank survey in advance of Yankee Stadium's 50th anniversary. The first, I consider the following my outstanding experience at Yankee Stadium. The second, this event occurred on or about, give as much detail as you can. With that, the Ameri- All-American boy was off. This is from Deadspin. Uh... Dear I like Mi- Deadspin, by the way. Dear Mickey, and it makes his request. I consider the following my outstanding experience at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> Mickey Mantle, I got a blowjob <laughs> under the right field bleachers by the Yankee bullpen. So when did he write this? In 1972. <laughs> How old was he then? Uh, he was retired. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was for their 50th. And he was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> this event occurred on or about, give as much detail as you can. It was about the third or fourth inning. <laughs> I had a pulled groin and couldn't fuck at the time. <laughs> she was a very nice girl and asked me what to do with the cum after. I came in her mouth. I said, don't ask me. I'm no cocksucker. <laughs> Signed, Mickey Mantle. And he put an asterisk next to his name. A very famous looking signature. We all know what Mickey Mantle's signature looks yeah. like. Hard to recreate. He put an asterisk next to his name and then a note at the bottom saying what the asterisk was. The All-American boy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, legend. Yeah. Mickey Mantle. Uh, Honestly, sort of unfair that the Yankees got him. Sort of unfair that the Yankees, the, the, you know, the class of baseball, the no facial hair, the fucking, you know, the douchebaggery that exists. Had the, got had that legend, and 
and in a way didn't really appreciate. I feel like they didn't appreciate the Mick enough. It was like him, Whitey Ford, and uh, Billy Martin, and these uh, these these drunken, you know, buffoons. It's like they've they've sort of been the 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 their legacy is sort of tainted by the Yankees being like, oh, eh. Only Billy Martin's still standing for uh, Mickey Mantle. You but, know your history. It's impressive. Like, how the fuck do you know all this Yankee history? Well, uh, my Whitey Ford was uh, a family friend of my of my grandmother. Really? Yeah. I I believe one of my I believe one of my family members still has the old Yankee Stadium organ in their house. Wow. Yeah. Um, I wanted to make like an organ joke. Yeah. And the girl behind the bullpen had an organ <laughs> in her mouth. Uh, did you ever have any sexual experience while playing baseball during a game? I did not. Um, but th- this doesn't surprise me that Mickey Mail did have a sexual... And baseball players, I think, I think all athletes are notoriously promiscuous sex... Uh, Fiends? Sex-addicted animals yeah for the most part and there's a so high can, testosterone level then there's the the the, the peacocking for women is a lot like, of downtime in baseball too you know yeah. a lot of time to get in trouble you're not pitching for another three days you're on the bullpen you know why not uh i did have a girl come in the dugout once not come but <laughs> yeah, I was gonna enter say. the dugout <laughs> Uh, I, I did like, it just by looking at her, though. <laughs> we were playing Middle Tennessee State. I was in college, and uh, we're at Middle Tennessee State. The night before, I had gone out and met this girl on the dance floor, and it was so loud in there, I couldn't even uh, communicate with her verbally. It was all nonverbal communication. But the time I did lean in to speak to her, it was it was clear to me that she didn't really speak English. She was of Asian descent. And uh, somehow... An Asian in Middle Tennessee. Yeah, I know. That's just an anomaly, to say the least. But I... Uh, I like that they don't go Central, either. <laughs> they, like, it's, it's not West. It's not East. It's not North. It's not South. It's Middle yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, and in, and in Tennessee, by the way, it's just known as Middle. They don't call yeah. it Middle Tennessee. Where'd you go to school? Middle. Where'd you all go? Middle. But um, somehow I convinced this girl to come to the game the next night, and she did. And then... In the middle of the game, she just appeared in the dugout, and she's like, in in you know traditional Asian sense, she was like, I have to go home and study. <laughs> so she just appeared in the dugout. At which point, hugged me. It went and a gong went off. <laughs> she appeared in the dugout, hugged me in front of my coach, who looked at me like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And she said that she had to go home and study for an exam, and she just wanted to say goodbye. And in her best English, which was not good. <laughs> Most people in Middle Tennessee don't speak good English, but for entirely different reasons. She, it was not her first language. But uh, that was probably the closest I've ever come to sex during a game. That I can recall at, yeah. in this moment in time. I'm sure if I uh, had some time to really think about this, I might come up with a different answer. Was Slump Busters a thing for you guys? Yes. Yeah, and more importantly, and disgustingly, and we're now in the Me Too era, I'm well aware of that. Yeah. Uh, There was this kind of well-accepted idea that if you're having sex with a girl and you're getting hits, then you must continue having sex with this girl, regardless of 
whether or not you like her or are even attracted to her. In fact, the term was, and I'm just, re- I'm the messenger here. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to be very clear. I don't endorse this type of behavior. I'm a. Uh, what was your last year? For God's sake, prof- what was your last? What was your last year of professional baseball? Uh, 1947. <laughs> yeah. 1995 or six. Yeah. Come I don't on now. Bill Clinton was getting fucking blowjobs exactly. in the White House. It was a, this was a different time. Yeah. But the term in the dugout in those days, or the clubhouse, was it has hits in it, and therefore you must. It being her punta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the question would be, are there hits in it? That's it. The answer is yes or no. Uh, do you do you remember a specific girl that had hits in her? Have you seen my stats? <laughs> <laughs> Never found her. I didn't find her. <laughs> Your death perception <laughs> affected uh, affected how you saw women too. Yeah, you're like she looked good. Then I realized I didn't have my glasses. On. I didn't get laid a lot. I didn't have my monocle on. No. <laughs> uh, we'll just keep cruising around the league because this is good. We keep getting sidetracked. By the time we get through the entire league, we'll basically we'll basically be done with this podcast. Yeah, it's my way of showing you how little I know about the league too. It's fine. Seattle is, uh, or sorry, Oakland is above the Angels, and Seattle is above them. Seattle's only three and a half games back at 49 and 31. Seattle's sort of the surprise team of baseball. And then, of course. And you'll be in Seattle next I, week? I is, will. Is this, should we promote this? Great time to plug if you want to come to the 4th of July game. The LA Angels, who we just talked about, at the Seattle Mariners. I will be at the game on 4th of July uh, celebrating the, the, the birth of this sordid nation <laughs> beautiful just uh in perfect shape yeah country yeah that is the united and states and i'll also be celebrating my birth as i turn 39 the next day on july 5th um so come join me at the ballpark for the united states of america and my birthday by the way and 39 i believe daryl strawberry's number when he was a yankee when he was a yankee yeah. great call and how about this a uh also Ricky Henderson's first number in the big leagues. I know because they just had the anniversary, I believe the 30th. Is that possible? No. More than that, right? How, how long ago did, what, what year did he probably come up? He probably came up in. Ricky Henderson? Yeah. 80s, I want to say? 35-year anniversary yeah. of, uh, of his first steal in the big leagues. And he was wearing 39. So He was... He was wearing number 39 no way. when I saw it. So he later changed to 24. So I know we're getting sidetracked. I was at, uh, on a bachelor party, by the way, mind you, I went to Ricky Henderson's uh, Baseball Hall of Fame induction. I was there. It was incredible. Please, sliders. At uh, Coop, uh, in Cooperstown. In Cooperstown. Google Ricky Henderson's. Ricky's excited to be here. Ricky, Ricky's very happy. His speech, by the way, he he told us this, I think during the speech, uh, he would go to junior colleges in the Bay Area for months prior to the speech to work on his public speaking because he wanted to do a good job. And uh, I think I'm not going out on a fucking limb here by saying Ricky Henderson was not a scholar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, to his credit, he really worked on his... Uh, did he refer to himself in the third person? Yeah. Oh, almost immediately. I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw it out there because we did it on Dirty Sports, but Dirty Slides needs some of this. I'm throwing out the Ricky Henderson shot challenge. I challenge a slider out there to watch Ricky Henderson's Hall of Fame speech on YouTube, film yourself, every time Ricky refers to himself as Ricky, take a shot. Yeah, and I don't know how many there were, but I'm pretty sure this sentence was in the Hall of Fame speech. 
Ricky did not always want to play baseball. <laughs> Apparently, he was a really good football player. Yeah. And he would get paid cash in high school to for like cash and donuts. I'm paraphrasing. But he would get paid in cash and donuts <laughs> to uh, for his accomplishments on the football field and for like stolen bases in high school. He stole like an insane amount of bases, and he essentially attributed to he was getting paid to do it. So he wanted to steal a lot of bases. But imagine Ricky Henderson as a running back. Apparently, he I just, was like I just imagine Ricky back. Henderson going, "Is there donuts in it?" <laughs> Ricky did not. Ricky always talks about play. Ricky talks about pussy about donuts like other people talk about pussy. <laughs> Is there donuts in there? Um, great speech, though. He did a great job. The Ricky Henderson shot challenge. And then my and a lot of people's World Series favorite, the 53-28 and 28 Houston Astros. How great is this Astros team? They're good. And I talk about Altuve a lot at camp because, well, a lot of the kids are really little. There's not, I'm like, there's no excuse now for yeah. not being big. My my favorite picture in the, in the last few years is uh, the picture of Judge with Altuve. And it's... Uh, it's unbelievable. The AL MVP and... Aaron Judge. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. I went to an LSU. He's, he's he's a he's a full like four heads taller than him. It's bizarre. I went to an LSU, uh, the LSU Arkansas football game last summer or last fall in Baton Rouge. Cool experience, by the way, if you have a chance to go to a game at LSU. But uh, LSU is so macho as a he's they're macho guy as yeah <laughs> guy they're macho guy. Shout out to Damo as a uh, I just said shout out. Oh boy. Um, as a sports program, like every uh, commercial break, they would trot out another like all American from like the swim team or the basketball team, whatever. But one of the guys they trotted out there was Bregman. I didn't know he went to LSU. Yeah, yeah. Another guy, not big. Yeah, stud. And apparently drafted pretty high. He yeah. wasn't like he didn't sneak up on anybody. Like that small of a guy, but they had high expectations for him. I'm glad you brought up Bregman. I have him as a story later in the show as well. We'll get to it right now. How long is this show? The, well, we're 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 running a little behind. I All wanted right. to get you I wanted to get you to bed early because you do have to coach children in the morning. Yeah. But uh, Alex Bregman shaved his mustache during a game the other day. Have you ever He's no Mickey Mantle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool story. Yeah. Cool story, Breg. Crazy story for yeah. you. Um did you ever have any uh, superstition that you had to do an adjustment in-game, mid-game? You had to change your hat, change your socks, anything like that? I don't think so. I mean, I had a ton of superstitions, and it is kind of one of the You're funny like, things about baseball. I couldn't fix baseball. my lazy eye mid-game, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> or I would have gladly done it. <laughs> I did have a guy on my team in college who was so superstitious that he and his uh, – he and a fellow teammate were playing golf together on an off day and they found like a really nice golf club on the course and they were so superstitious that they were afraid of stealing uh that they but they both wanted the club that they made the other guy like they had a shot challenge and whoever lost had to take the club <laughs> that's pretty that, good yeah and that guy went into a slump <laughs> The NL East, the Atlanta Braves are three and a half games up on the Philadelphia Phillies, four games up on the Washington Nationals, and 12 and a half games up on the New York Mets, who finally won tonight, and, and who are only a game and a half up on the Miami Marlins for dead last in the NL East. Have you watched any NL East baseball? And really the only question I have for you is, 
Are you a believer in the Atlanta Braves and or Philadelphia Phillies, or do you believe that the Washington Nationals will eventually sit atop that when all is said and done? Get their act together. Uh, I have no idea. I heard the Phillies are good. Um, I've seen some of the Braves games and some of the Nats games, but... Braves, super young. Uh, not a ton of starting pitching. Um, I am of the belief that uh, it's going to be a tough go for them. You know, season gets long for the youngins uh, post-All-Star break. And also, I just don't think... A very well-run organization, but I just don't think that they think that they're ready yet and probably smartly um, aren't going to go, you know, trying to get win-now pitchers or win-now, like, make make win-now moves. Probably, pro- then they're probably right. More importantly, my question for you, do you think that Leo Mazzoni was on cocaine? When? Just <laughs> generally? Yeah, in general. Do you remember Leo Mazzoni? Yeah. Do you remember how you just rock back and yeah. forth? That's very indicative. Of a guy on cocaine. Right? Yeah. Or a guy who needed a blowjob in the bullpen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Milwaukee Brewers, Andy Laz's World Series pick from the NL, three games up on the Chicago Cubs, uh, four and a half games up on the St. Louis Cardinals, nine and a half games up on Pittsburgh, who lost to my Mets tonight, and 13 and a half games up on Cincinnati, Andy Ruther's Cincinnati Reds, who have come storming back and are... uh, when we just did Dirty Sports the other day, the stat he broke out is one game over 500 since uh, they hired an interim manager and Jim Riggleman. Uh, Jim Riggleman is still in the fucking Yeah. Game. That's yeah. incredible. Yep. Uh, How yeah. old is he? <sighs> Who knows? I mean, he's got to be he's in the 70s. He's 60s, right? I think he's in the 70s. So that sounds like a like a decent race, at least a three-team race. Yeah. But um, I saw, I've been watching a lot of the College World Series. You know... The first round draft pick and the fifth pick overall for the Reds is a kid named India from Florida. Okay. Did you know this? Nope. The Florida third baseman. And uh, he looks like he can really swing it. Like, I've watched him play quite a bit um, in, you know, just in this postseason, the regional games and now the World Series. I guess they're done now, but. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because they're uh, Arkansas won tonight. So the, the College World Series is now a best of three between Arkansas and. Oregon State, Arkansas is up 1-0. If Oregon State comes back and wins, I owe my co-host Andy Lazarus a bottle of vodka. The Oregon State pedophiles. Yeah. Is that what they are? are they Jim the- Jim Riggleman is 65 years old. Are you aware of this kid from Oregon State? Yes. Yeah. They wouldn't touch him? No. Well, he was a pedophile. <laughs> well, is he, though? Uh, look, like I said, we talked about it on the show, Backwoods, Oregon, the girl was whatever, you know, the, but the girl was six, I believe. No, I mean, she was definitely too young. Yeah. But he, w- what I read was that he said it, it never happened. He didn't do it, but he had to sign something. I mean, it, it sounds uh, uh, certainly sketchy. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know what happened, but I'm fascinated he's by gonna like, get it. He'll get a shot. He will. I, I, he's not black, so they're not going to keep him out of the sport forever. Right. He's not Colin Kaepernick, <laughs> who just had an opinion, you know? <laughs> Yeah, he's a pedophile. We'll give him a shot. I'm trying to think of other pedophiles that have been given a shot, but I don't know. Other Pete than Sandusky, I can't think of any. Pete Rose was he? Uh, admitted to having sex often with teenage girls of of low teens, wow. like the thirteens and the fourteens. Really? Yeah. Um. So Cincinnati's got that going for them, and Jim Ergelman. Uh, <laughs> do you like Do you like any team particularly in the Central? Mm, my gut says Cardinals. 
that's what my gut. That was my pick for the NL because it's just been too long since the Cardinals have been there. Yeah, they seem to always be relevant, and they have. Is it Osuna? Yeah, yeah, he's playing fantastic yeah. lately. Um, all right, I like you. You're giving me a little hope. You know nothing, but you're going with the gut, uh, and I like that. That's yeah. giving me. And hope. And I mean, it's kind of like I know nothing, but I also. I'm around the game enough, like I just through osmosis. It's the kind of way you know sports in general. Like you, do, people would be shocked at how little you actually watch versus how much you retain. I feel like that's kind of like me in baseball. Like and I don't it, watch a ton, but I retain a lot. And it's also uh, the way I describe it, and I would say that you're the same way. Is you don't have to you don't have to look at the like ticker the whole day to know where, what the stock market's doing, right? And what's going up and what's going down and how things are moving. You just got to be able to spot trends. I don't need to watch every goddamn game yeah. to know patterns. How, it's how a sign of a trend. high IQ. Yeah. You see patterns. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I see patterns. <laughs> I do. Uh, the I was watching the game last night with you at City Field. And I mean, just a little insight into how my mind works. These guys all have like an ass on their back. Almost every. Well, certainly every outfielder, but almost yeah. every player in the field. That's a pattern. You know? You don't see a lot of flat-bootied professional athletes. Yeah. They're all Rhodesian ridge. Do with that what you will. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's just a fact. It's a pattern I see. Uh, the NL West, Arizona, is hanging tough. They're doing the new kids on the block out there. Hanging Disgusting t- uniforms. Hanging tough. I'll tell you what. I don't like their uniforms, but I like them better than a lot of their other uniforms that they've had yeah, over the years. Yeah, they've never had a good uniform. Um, I don't hate these ones, though. They're the Carolina Panthers of... Yeah. Arizona is still two games up on the Dodgers, who are 42-35. and 35. Arizona is 45-34. San Francisco, still over 500, 40-39. Andy Laz's uh, San Francisco Giants hanging around as well. Colorado, just finally under uh, 538 and 46 and a half back, and then... San Diego, the team that we do not talk about until they bring back the Brown, because how many fucking sports teams do we need that are navy and white? So generic. Bring back the goddamn Brown. Bring it back. Um, bring back Gary Templeton, too, while you're at it. So And dig up Tony Gwynn. We have a lot of L.A. Dodgers fans who are fans of the podcast. We have a lot of L.A. Dodgers fans that are uh, that that surround the Dirty Sports podcast. Uh, Trevor, intern Trevor, is a Dodgers fan. Former intern Joe Shabelli is a Dodgers fan. Andy Ruther, sort of a low-key Dodgers fan. Hmm. Um, and then Laz is a San Francisco Giants fan. Because the Dodgers are the talk of the West, I'm just going to put it to you this way. Dodgers, who are two games back right now, or the field to win the West? Uh, I'm going to be ridiculous and go with the Dodgers. Wow. You're a man who believes in trends. Yeah. See them, you see them trending up. I do. I I think that you know I I I put the nail in their coffin early this year. Mm-hmm. I just said this isn't the Dodgers team. This isn't the one that has it. And Dave Roberts, I don't think is a good manager. You've been pretty vocally uh, critical of. There's two kinds of managers, and then there's managers that you know are are good at both these. You love Tito. I love Tito. Yeah, Tito's a game manager. He manages. He he knows fucking strategic management. He does some things that people weren't doing before him before he arrived. The, the things that he's been doing in the bullpen the last few years. But Dave Roberts, players manager, everybody likes him. 
keeps the team loose. Great for 162 games. Make sure everybody's playing well. You know, no, never too high, never too low. But come playoffs, a lot like I talked about with the Yankees uh, lineup. I just, I've seen, I've seen him blow games personally. Baseball, unlike any other sport, too, it, there's such a difference between the regular season and the playoffs. Like it's almost like you can have a team built for one, a manager built for one, and then a team built for the other. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, and like Joe Torre is a manager. I never thought Joe Torre was a fantastic manager, but I also think what was great about him is he had the best team and he didn't overthink it. Yeah, and he was also, I think, admittedly, like driven a lot by fear. Like he rode a lot of pitchers because he was just afraid that other guys couldn't, you know, under pressure couldn't get the job done. And and just don't get too cute, you know. Yeah. Uh, I was watching the Yankee game the other day. And because uh, I'm here in New York, and I would never tune in otherwise. You wouldn't. No, I check in every once in a while. But you know what I'm excited about for this Yankees mm. team, uh, and I and I think that the Mets have really led the way in baseball. The Mets took two players from that have great personalities from their greatest era in Keith Hernandez and Ron Darling, paired them up, and in my opinion, have the single best broadcast booth in all of baseball. A lot, you're not alone when you say that. By the way, I think Hernandez has a place out here. Yeah, he does. Yeah. In uh, SAG, I think. There's been talk of there are people actively trying to recruit him for our softball game on Sundays. Oh, it would be great. Yeah. He's uh, talked to him about his cat, Haji. He's on Twitter now. He tweets about it all the He's time. He's big on Twitter. Yeah. But anyway, you were saying. The Yankees have followed suit. I was listening to a game the other day, and they had Cone and Paul O'Neill yeah. in the booth. Cone told a fantastic story about uh, being in in a game. He wasn't having his best game. Getting a blowjob. But he felt really good. And uh, Tori came out to relieve him. And he goes, Joe, I, I feel great. He goes, oh, really? Then what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, keep it simple. Wait, well, is- that was the thing. Tori was kind of notorious for that. Like, if you were one of his guys and he believed in you, then he really... Uh, gave you a lot of uh, leeway. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I just thought it was funny. It's like, well, if if you were if you were feeling great, I wouldn't be out at the mound. Right. But I am here. I'm so here. Give me the baseball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he did. He said, give me the baseball. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's even better. Like, he's like, I feel great. Oh, really? Then what the fuck am I doing here? I just thought it was so, so hilarious. That's great. Um, I am sticking with the field in uh, in the NL West. Yeah, probably I'm, I'm specifically bet. sticking with the Arizona Diamondbacks. The whole time, everybody they're dying, they're going to fall. They're going to falter. They're going to falter. They're for as great as the Dodgers have been playing. They're still two games up. And they still don't have Corey Seager and until uh, unless something happened right now. They haven't traded for Jacob DeGrom. Who's so. playing shortstop for the Dodgers? Do we know? Kiki Hernandez was Kike. Sorry. It's not Kiki, it's Kike. Kike Hernandez was playing uh when they were playing the Mets. So uh, we will wrap this up, Pete. We're already at an hour and 10 minutes, and we have... It's been fun. We have... Uh, we do... We have to do... We have to squeeze in a dude or not a dude. Do you have... We, we usually do themed dude or not a dude. Um, do you have independent... Do you guys... Do you know any uh, players that played independent ball with you that, that went on to play uh, in the bigs? I don't. There were more guys that played in the bigs that ended up playing in the independent leagues after 
and I was telling you at dinner tonight, I played against some, maybe your sliders can figure this out. There was a left-handed pitcher for the Pirates in the 90s who got injured and ended up, I, I faced him in the minor leagues, in the independent leagues. Um, I don't remember his name, but uh, he was a dude. Uh, we'll do this then, since you're a Yankee fan. Uh, let's go with some. Let's go with some Yankees. I'll throw. I'll throw you six Yankees, mm-hmm. current and former. You tell me, and we'll we'll try to decide together, dude or not a dude. How about the two guys we just talked about in the booth, uh, Paul O'Neill, dude, dude uh, clearly, yeah, yeah. My one argument for Paul O'Neill being a dude, the all the anger in the dugout. What's what? more dude than that? I don't know. Is it is it dudeish to like like not be able to handle getting out in baseball and like destroying equipment like? Yeah, I think that's kind of. <laughs> I think that's dude. You know, you think that's a dude move? Yes. Okay. For sure. Um, the way I understand the word dude. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. The dude is like you have you have a sort of a je ne sais quoi about you that like I'll. I'll go to war with dudes. Like if if I give me eight, you're other not going dudes. to war with Paul Neal. Yeah, yeah. He's not, we're not saying gentlemen. We're saying dude. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cone. Mm, probably. I'm going, not. With, I'm going with Cone, dude, just for the Laredo. Like the multiple arm angles. Like seemed like he he's had a dude vibe about him on the mound. That I'm got him going by. not a dude. And I base it simply on towards the end of his career. He would walk guys as opposed to like throw them a pitch over the plate. Like I don't think you you think he undooted his way out of some big and probably was why he was successful, but not very dude like. Right. You know, a, a dude would attack. A dude would yeah challenge. Uh, I, we've covered Derek Jeter on the show. We've given him the dude simply for the women he had sex with, not for his historically bad play at shortstop. I would have guessed that you would have said not a dude, and I yeah. probably would have been okay with that. Uh, legend, le- but I don't know if I'd call him a dude. Just legendary poontang run. That's, yeah, that's, you're a dude in my book. If you if you fuck all of those women, um, how about didn't ever answer a question though? Right, wouldn't how- answer this question. Like, wouldn't be able to do this. So I would say not a dude. How about this is fast? I mean, the monkey wrench in the book of Deuteronomy right here. Mm. Pizza star, Yankee fan, throwing Derek Jeter. A not dude. Well, I don't know that dude is necessarily a compliment. I'm just saying right. dude or not a dude. I don't think he's a dude. Uh, your Yankees outfield, uh, Judge. Dude. Stanton. Dude. Okay, two dudes there. Did and you see Stanton after he hit a home run off the guy who beamed him in the face? Yeah. That was a dude move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 exaggerated bat flip stare down? That's a dude move. Uh and Jeter doesn't do that. The most, I yeah, I think Judge certainly a dude. Quiet rakes. You can't be that big and hit me that home runs and not be a dude. Yeah, Stanton is a question for me just because like you're like I, his I, exit velocity alone makes him a dude. Yeah, he's a dude. No, I I watched him hitting the home run derby in San Diego. It's pretty pretty dudish. Yeah, uh, plate. Who else? The plate. Uh, the final one I'll give you. Is actually we'll do two. We'll do two from the uh, from the dugout. Aaron Boone, dude, isn't his wife a Playboy playmate? I have no idea. I think she is. Uh, now, are you basing that on his playing days or his managerial days or or both? More on his playing days. 
And honestly, just on the fact that he married a Playboy playmate. How many of the Boons are is is the Boone family just like a dude family? Yes. Okay. Very much so. And uh, and the final one, Lupinella. Are you, by the way, I didn't know that I would like this game, dude or no dude. I yeah. like it, dude, Lupinella, dude, <laughs> for sure. I mean, tantrums alone. Yeah, those tantrums I'm are. Giving, I'm I'm definitely giving Penella. I uh, mean, go watch those tantrums if you haven't seen them. They're I'm, incredible. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this because I'm not sure I'm not sure Aaron Boone is a dude. I'm gonna look up Aaron Boone's wife. Definitely just, a dude. And and I, um, by the way, if you put in Aaron, if you put in Aaron B O O in tw- in uh Google, first Aaron Boone, second Aaron Boone wife. Yeah, she. Um, oh, pr- Laura Cover. Was she a playmate? She. Yeah, I'm going, dude. <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah. How old is she? But I think she was a playmate, right? I think she yeah, showed well, her naked body I mean, in magazines. She wasn't a Rhodes Scholar. <laughs> That's for sure. Anyway, Joe Prano, dude. That? <laughs> Joe Prano, dude. Thank you. Yeah. Pete Sestaro, absolutely a dude. A guy without death perception. Semi-pro. Full pro. Whatever pro. You you got paid to play bra- baseball. You're How tall are you? Five nine and three quarters. And how much you weigh? When I played, one hundred and forty-five pounds. Look, I I've said uh, I've said one major rule of dude or not dude. You you can't be a virgin. If you're a virgin, you're not a dude. If you never had P and V, you're not a dude, <laughs> right? I'm almost gonna put if you got paid to play the game of baseball and you're under five foot ten, you're a dude. All right, I'll take unless it. you're a virgin, and then. You got it. You got some sort of Tim Tebow I don't situation think I was going. A virgin. <laughs> um, Pete, where can everybody find you? On in, on Twitter at Pete Sestaro. Pete Sestaro. Instagram. Same thing. Pete Sestaro. Uh, that is Pete Sestaro. It's not Pizza Star, the letter O. But uh, Pete, thanks for being here. Uh, we will we'll come check you out at Hamptons baseball camp. If there's any sliders with kids in the uh, on the line there, send them to send them to see Pete. I'm sure you heard a lot of great things that make him want to teach your kid today. Uh, go surf ding with Pete in Costa Rica when he's out here in the Hamptons. Pete, let's get you back not just on the Dirty Sports Podcast, not just back on the Dirty Slides Podcast. Let's get you back on the stage doing dude things. <laughs> let's do it. I'd like that. All right, everybody, that's our show. And don't forget, fuck Chase Utley. Fuck him. <laughs>